Welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk about hot dish right up front. Why? I don't know. Why not? Because um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and they said, I hate hot dish. Hot dish is gross. I'm like, what? what? Hot? But it's creamy and delicious and crispy, and there's like, you know, there's cream of mushroom freaking soup and tater tots and how and you put ketchup on it and it's and it's and it's awesome and it's comfort food and it's bad for you and it's got vegetables in there that you can pretend that's good for you and he said I hate it I'm sorry and I'm like you know I guess that's okay uh because we're supposed to love our hot dish in Minnesota I'm not from here I'd never heard the word hot dish until I moved here in 1993 um but I love hot dish. My daughter Allison loves hot dish. She moved here when she was one, so she loves hot dish. Carson loves hot dish. Um, but it's, isn't it funny that outside of Minnesota, western Wisconsin, this part of the country, that it's called casserole? And here's another thing. Uh, my friend Ben just texted me, and he said, give me a burger. And I'm like, you know, I've, obviously burgers are better, but you can't have burgers all the time. You got to create a little something. You can spice up the hot dish, put different things in there. You know, make it maybe, maybe tuna, maybe ground beef. Um, but there's all kinds of different things you can do. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. So hot dish, thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm going to say that it's probably a thumbs up from everybody. Is it my favorite? No, but um, I love it. Here's one that's uh, that's good that people don't won't admit it's a Minnesota food. People won't admit it's delicious. Spam is delicious. Period. Spam got a bad reputation uh, in World War II because that was what they issued to the soldiers. They gave them cans of spam because you could take it all over the world, and like months later, it would still be fine to eat. But the soldiers got so tired of spam that it got kind of a bad reputation. So they passed that bad reputation down to their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids. And now people go, Spam is disgusting. Let me tell you, if you can eat bologna, you're going to love Spam. Spam is like like Ham's little brother. It's it's awesome. It's pork shoulder and, and ham. And uh, I love Spam. It's great in eggs. It's great on a sandwich. Um, uh, it's great by itself. Little spam nuggets on a toothpick. Come on. I've made spam sushi before. Spam is big in Hawaii. Uh, all right. So listen, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. This is, I think podcast number 20 Are we up to 20. So we're kind of on a roll. We've done like a lot of weeks in a row and I appreciate you joining us. Um, joining me. Um, uh, there's just me on the podcast. It's kind of weird to sit here in my bedroom, my guest bedroom and talk to myself for 20 minutes, but, um, I've, I think I've been doing radio for so long that it never feels like I'm talking to myself ever. It really feels like I'm sitting here talking to you and uh, I hope. I hope that you feel the same way because, you know, even though it's a one-sided conversation, hopefully you feel like it's, you know, it's how you and I would sit and talk if we were sitting over at, you know, Fridays at the bar or sitting over at Caribou in front of their fake fireplace. Uh, did you ever think like I did that the fireplace at Caribou was real? I did. I would totally cozy up to that fireplace on a cold winter day and then... It took me years to realize there's no heat coming out of that thing, but uh, I still do the fireplace. Uh, okay, so about the book, that's what the podcast is all about, is about my book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Okay, let's get to the very first sentence in that title, Take a Shower. This is something that you know, you already know this, you don't need to be told this. This is a basic life element, but... I was at Star Party last Friday night, 
And one of the bouncers at Myth, I'm, I don't care if Myth hears this, it's not a rip on them. Uh, Myth is a great place. They can't make their employees take a shower before they come to work, but there was one bouncer, I'm sure doing a very good job, nice guy, whatever. He was, you know, a little bit of a hard ass, and they don't need to be because, you know, they're not dealing with a bunch of crooks and thugs in there. They're nice people. Um, but he stunk. And every time I walk past this guy, he stunk. And uh, I, it was annoying. It was like, how do you not know, as an adult, you take a shower, put on a set of clean clothes if you're going to go somewhere. And you know what? We like to make excuses for people now. So the first thing that you think of is, well, maybe he's homeless. And uh, maybe he doesn't have somewhere to take a shower. That's possible. But every person that I've ever known that stunk at work was not homeless. They were just lazy or unaware that they smelled bad. So again, I don't need to waste my breath on you. You already know to take a shower. You know that if you don't take a shower, you're going to stink. But here was an adult serving the public at his workplace who stunk. And every time I walked by him, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed for the people that had to walk by him at a KDWB event and realize here's a guy who stinks. Don't stink. You don't want to be that person. And like I said, I know you know this already, so I'm kind of wasting my breath. But that is one of the chapters in my book. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Shout out to Jan, who is organizing the um, grad party at Pine Island High School. So Jan reached out to me and she said, hey, can I get a bunch of copies of your book to give to our graduates this year? And I'm like, hey, I'm really flattered that you've asked. And Jan's listened for a very long time to our show. So I'm like, yeah, I can probably hook you up. I can't give them to you for free because, you know, I did pay for these books out of my own pocket and I'm losing my money, losing my ass on this book. And that's fine. That's not why I I wrote the book or put it together. Um, But I said, normally I charge $15 for the book. Um, I can give it to you for $5 for each student and personalize like autograph, like, you know, to Jenny, happy graduation for each book. And so she's going to check into that. And I thought that was cool. You know, I love to help out, you know, things like that. And I'm going to guess the school probably doesn't have a whole lot of money. So I want to help out. And I think there's a lot of lessons in there for high school kids. Uh, and I pre I appreciate people who buy this for their graduate. Hey, listen, if you got a graduation coming up, uh, it is high school graduation time. Pick up my book. Uh, you can get it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon or itaskabooks.com, any of those. So anyway, so uh, Jan and I were chatting a little bit back and forth, and and I have an AOL email address, and I don't care. Um, AOL, I've had it for 20 or more years, 25 years, I think, and I love it, and people make fun of me for it. And I know it makes you look old and it makes you look out of touch and it's like still carrying around a, you know, like an old camera or an old flip phone and it makes you look dated. But I got to tell you, AOL, I think, has the best email interface. I've got Gmail and it's fine. And Gmail is much cleaner and it's simpler and more pure or whatever. But I really like AOL's interface and I like the folders and I like the look of the screen. So I'm never going to get rid of my AOL. Um, I don't care. I'm a thing of a spot in my life where I'm not trying to impress anybody. Uh, so I'm going to keep my AOL email address. Um, so I ask you, is there anything that you have that you should get rid of? Maybe here's something that's interesting. That fanny pack, we've all got a fanny pack. You know what they're great for? Disney World trips. Disney World, you need a fanny pack because you got sunscreen, you got tickets, you got your phone, you've got, uh, I don't know, sunglasses, you've got maybe a camera that's in there. 
you need a fanny pack at Disney World. Here was what was funny. My friend, uh, my son Carson is 16. He's got a friend named Jake, and Jake is a good-looking kid, very hip, funny, tons of friends, popular, etc. Jake comes over a couple of weeks ago. He's wearing a pink fanny pack. Jake is wearing a pink fanny pack, and I was giving him shit for it. I'm like, Jake, bringing back the fanny pack, rocking that pink fanny pack. And he's kind of laughing. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, are they coming back? He's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. I just like mine. I thought it was funny because here was a kid that didn't care whether they're hip or not. Maybe they are. Okay. Fidget spinners. This is kind of a stream of consciousness kind of a podcast. Wouldn't you agree? Fidget spinners. Uh, we we determined through a very unscientific way last week on the show that Fallon has ADHD. She plays with her hair constantly. Constantly. It is the most bizarre thing. Only on the left side of her head. Only with her left hand. Never on the right side. Never with her right hand. She'll twist it around her index finger over and over and over. Then she will pull it in front of her eyes and focus her eyes on her hair four inches in front of her face. Then she'll pull that twisted braid apart and look at the split ends. And then comb them separately with her four fingers on her left hand. And then she'll start it over again. Constantly. And it bugged the fuck out of me when she first started there. I'm like, how am I going to look at this? I'm like, are you aware that you twist your hair? I'm, yeah, I can't help it. I can't help it. I just do that. It's my it's my quirk. And I've gotten so used to it that it, I don't even notice it anymore. But people noticed it on a, a Facebook Live stream. And somebody wrote in and said, oh, my God, you've got what I've got. You've got ADHD. You need to stimulate yourself constantly so you can even concentrate. And so we gave Fallon a quiz. We found online, do you have ADHD? And it came out that she got like seven of the nine questions right. And if you get nine, then you have ADHD. It's very unscientific. So somebody sent her a fidget spinner. And it broke right away. It was a cheap one. And it was so nice of them to send it. But the bearings wore out or they were never any good. So then she got one from Steampunk Spinners. They sent her two, and they're just kick-ass. Shout out to Steampunk Spinners. They're online, steampunkspinners.com. And um, is that what it's called? Steam? I'm pretty sure it is. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, and so that was very cool. So, um, w- But we, we thought, how do they, they don't really fidget. You spin them, and you look at it. But are you really fidgeting? I don't know. But they're sure cool to play with. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. All right, so last week on the show, we talked about what would you write if you wrote your own chapter for Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. I got a couple of great emails that I want to read these to you. Uh, First one is from Jess, and Jess is um, a woman. I think she's probably 25 or so. I don't really know, but she listens to the podcast. I appreciate that. She says, uh, Dave, I feel like I'm becoming a creepy stalker these last few days. I promise I'm harmless. I saw your post on your books on Facebook about sending you what our chapter would be for your book. Here's mine. If I could write a chapter for the book, it would be something along the lines of being a good friend. I like this. Check it out. I have two really good friends, Jess says. The reason they make the cut above the rest is because they're not one of those people who just support everything I do. I've always heard people say, oh, they're my best friend because no matter what decision I make, she stands behind me. Jess says, I think that is such bullshit. It it makes me want to vomit into my own purse. I don't know about you, but I've made some pretty stupid decisions and every idea I have is not great. I need someone to tell me that. 
They've never been afraid to tell me I was making horrible decisions, whether it was about the shoes I was wearing that didn't go with my outfit or the fact that I actually took my blinders off when I thought I found love with probably the worst human being I've ever met. The beauty of these two friends is that these conversations are reciprocated. I can tell my friend she needs to put on a different shirt or tell her that dating the six-time recovering heroin addict isn't the best choice for her future. People have issues with honesty these days. Everybody is so offended by every goddamn thing that's so, that it's ridiculous. Just because someone is offended, it doesn't mean they're right. Accepting criticism is clearly becoming a thing of the past, and some wonder why this society is becoming a bunch of whiny snowflakes. Learn to take some criticism, grow from it. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself. When you find someone who wants to be honest with you without being overboard or being rude, don't take it for granted. They only tell you these things because they love and care about you. You need to find friends who are honest and still say, I love you, before they hang up the phone. Those are the kind of people you need in your life. Thanks, Dave, from Jess. She's so right. I mean, let's be honest. It's like, you know, my friend supports me because they'll, they, you know, everything I do, they say they support me. And I go back to a friend of mine named um, Lori. Lori and I knew each other when I was about 20 and she was about 23. And I never dated Lori because we weren't physically attracted to each other, but that was what was made it really good. If we'd have slept together, it probably would have ruined everything. And she's still my friend, although I rarely talk to her. Lori said, you need to um, get rid of your unibrow. I'd never heard of a unibrow. She said, are you, I think, here's what she did. She said, are you shaving between your eyebrows? And I did. I would take a razor and I would shave it, therefore get razor stubble between my eyebrows. Can you imagine how unattractive razor stubble between your eyebrows is? Lori said, you can't do that. You got to get rid of that. That's so ugly. She also said, those glasses that you have are atrocious. You got to get contacts. And she was right because I had these awful glasses that were very trendy at the time that they would get darker in bright light. They call them photo gray or photo brown and they were ugly as shit and they didn't look good on anybody. That's why you don't see them anymore. They're not in style. Um, they basically turned to sunglasses in, in bright light. And Lori said, get rid of them. And I think, Jess, you're absolutely right. You got to have a friend who will tell you, you know what? That doesn't go together or... That girl's kind of a creep, but here's the problem. When your friends tell you, that guy you're seeing is a creep, he's a loser, it does no good whatsoever. Don't we all know somebody who we tried to warn them away and say, that guy's a creep or that girl is only in it for whatever money she can get out of you. I have a friend who was dating someone not too long ago and... Uh, I didn't say anything, but it just seemed a little bit sketchy, a little bit fishy, and I didn't say anything because you don't want to say anything sometimes, but it turned out that she was not a very good person, and I knew he'd figured it out on himself on his own, and maybe he's listening, um, but I'm not sure. But anyway, um, I think you're right, Jess. Next email from... My buddy Nathan Larson. Nathan has been a supporter of the book and the show for a long time. And Nathan uh, says, my chapter is titled, Make Time for Genuine People. He says, hey, um, the title pretty much gives it away. I'm going to read his email pretty much word for word. In my short, almost 30 years on this earth, I've seen a lot of friendships come and go, both between myself and others. One thing I've consistently found is those friendship with people who are genuine, honest, and kind 
are the ones that last and more importantly are the ones that are the most fulfilling. Back in college, I had a lot of friends who I got to know really well from student organizations like band and student government and residence life. A lot of these people moved on after college and became successful, happy people. However, only a few of them have remained constantly in contact or consistently in contact with me. And don't just ask me for a discount on the new iPhone or their new MacBook Pro. When I step back and take inventory of the people who aren't using me as a friend of convenience, they overwhelmingly share those three characteristics of genuine, honest, and kind. Hey, Nate works for Apple. And I've hit up Nate a couple of times for advice and troubleshooting on my phone. And Nate, I really appreciate it. He's always been very kind about that one. But I do agree you don't want to be that friend who's, you know, you got a friend that works at Toro and you only call them when you've got, uh, you, when you want a discount on a lawnmower. I get it all the time. And I think I've gotten really good at handling it. I just say no. It's like people will say, hey, Dave, how's Carter? I'm like, well, his name's Carson. Oh, yeah, yeah. How's Carson? Good, good, good. Hey, you got any tickets for the uh, twins or, or this concert or that concert? Or you got any? And I'm like, you know, no, sorry, I can't help you. Um, and I don't feel bad about it. There are people that I'm happy to help. There are friends of mine who I am happy to help. And you've got the same ones, the ones who don't like to ask and the ones who reciprocate and the ones who contact you for things other than favors. Nate goes on to say, now, I'm not saying anyone who isn't my friend is a bad person. Far from it. I've had a very close personal friend who was almost like a sister in college. And for even the first four years after we graduated, despite living two and a half hours away, she was just named teacher of the year in her district. So clearly she's a great person. However, she was perpetually single for most of our friendship. And when she finally started dating, I noticed our friendship declined. She wouldn't text me back, reply to Facebook messages or posts. And I figured she's just getting busy with her job or with her new boyfriend. Well, a year later, she got engaged. I congratulated her. But a couple of months, she had her wedding. A couple of months later, she had her wedding. I did not get an invite. It stung badly to not even be considered good enough friend that she didn't want me at her wedding, but when I saw her at a homecoming event in our college later that year, she avoided me, and we finally did talk. It was very surface-level small talk. I realized that even though it really hurt that our friendship had fizzled, that it was for the better since she couldn't handle a significant other and a close male friend. I'll jump in here, Nate, and say I think that's happened to a lot of us, either because the the other person in the relationship, the new partner, the new husband, doesn't like the fact that she was close with you and feels insecure, or she doesn't want to make him feel insecure, and I think that's happened. I mean, I had a really uh, good friend who got married, and I think her husband was always a little bit jealous of our relationship because we were really good friends. And so when it came time to Allison's graduation party, I invited her because our whole family loves this person. Allison used to love her when she was a little girl. So I invited her to um, Allison's graduation party. And she said, no, my husband's not comfortable with that. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I mean, that's fine. The husband is much more important than, than our friendship or Allison. So I kind of get it. But still, Nate, I hear you, bro. It does sting. Um, Nate goes on to say, and he concludes, on the other hand, I've had several friends who have kept in touch and who we make a priority to see when we travel, and they genuinely appreciate my time and my friendship. Those are the people you want to make time for in your life, not the people who just want something from you or the people who get so engrossed in a new relationship they can't manage to text you back. So 
Make time for genuine people. Invest in those friendships and you'll feel so much more fulfilled. Thanks for reading. Hope you're having a great week from Nathan Larson. Nathan, um, uh, I did get your text about um, motorcycle riding this summer. We got to do that. Totally. This weekend is going to be beautiful. Memorial Day weekend is supposed to be decently beautiful. So... Um, hopefully you're outside on the bike and, and sometime this week, this uh, this summer, Nathan, we do. We got to go riding for sure. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up. We're gone. We got 20 minutes. I read somewhere the ideal length for a podcast is 20 minutes. That makes it worthwhile to download, and it usually fits in your commute time or whatever you're doing. So I appreciate you. Whether you've ever texted or not or emailed or not, I encourage you to send an email about whatever you want to talk about. If you want to write your own chapter for the book, send it to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Check out the Facebook page, which is take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. You know this. Have a good week. <laughs>